Wow. Well, good morning. Well, Christmas has come and gone, and maybe you have spent the last several days putting all the Christmas decorations away, and you are better than me. Uh, I think it's nice to leave them out till like February or March. But Christmas has come and gone, and we are now getting ready to move into a new year. And this morning, I want to just take some time for us to pause once more in our series of comfort and joy. I want us to kind of look at things and, and take this in and, and say, okay, what is it that the Lord wants to speak to us and through us in the year to come? And so if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Ephesians 1. If you don't have a Bible, uh, there's a Bible in the rack in front of you. And if you turn to page 1156, you'll find Ephesians 1 right there. Well, I have two kids. Gavin is 11 and Kiana is 7. And so Christmas morning is still very exciting in our house. If you are someone that likes to sleep in on Christmas, you do not want to visit our place because the excitement is there. My kids are still at an age where they want to wake up and they want to run down and see what is under the tree. And as a father, I love sitting there and watching them tear open the boxes and the joy that fills their face when they, when they see what was given to them, the gift that they had. It's so much fun, and many of you have experienced that. I can also remember growing up just several memories that come back over the years. I, I love the traditions that were started in our home, traditions that my mom started that we still carry on today in our house. And, and when I think back, I was talking to my parents earlier this week, and I was talking to them about Christmas memories. And they, in many ways, I feel like I was spoiled growing up to some degree because they always had a gift for us, but I can only seem to remember two gifts from two different Christmases. And so I want to share a little bit of what those memories were, but the, the first one that comes, the, the memory that comes was when I was in fifth grade. And I can remember going downstairs and opening this box, and all of a sudden I saw the logo, and I knew exactly what was there. It was this, uh, this picture. <laughs> My parents had bought me the first Air Jordans. And I can't really say that because I wasn't wearing adult sizes yet in shoes, so they were the first Sky Jordans. That red and the white and the black swoosh with the logo, it brought joy and excitement to my life. I knew that I could go into the next year and I was going to be awesome for my fifth grade basketball team. <laughs> and I can remember how I cared for those things. I can remember getting this, this stuff that you would wipe on the leather so that they would always look brand new. That was an awesome Christmas. But you know, that wasn't really a life blessing. They're shoes. And I have no idea where they are now. 
But see, for some of us, we are, are coming to the end of our year. We've just gone through Christmas, and life is good. Just like when I think back to that time, life was good. And so for some of you, life is really good. You have had some speed bumps in the year, but nothing major, and, and you are just ready to enter into 2014. For others of you, there have been some things that have happened this year and they make you weary. You've hit some speed bumps and they have left damage. And so you're just a little weary about the year that's coming. For others of you, you're here and you have had some life-shattering moments. 2013 has been hard. And you're looking at 2014, and you're looking at it going, it's dark. See, we gather here this morning as a group of people, all from different places and different seasons of life, and we gather, and we have just spent time worshiping the God that looks at those circumstances and wants to declare to us that he has brought comfort and joy. And that we can come and that we can, we can worship this God who is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And so when we start thinking of the, the things that we've been looking at for the past four weeks, as we enter into 2014, I want to stop one more time and deal with these words that are on our walls, comfort and joy. How do we find that? How do we enter a new year with this being part of our life? And so there's a question that we have to ask. How do we gain comfort and joy every day? How do we gain that every day? And maybe that's for each of us personally, but for us as a church, those of you that call Wheaton Bible Church your home, how are we becoming disciples who make disciples to declare that comfort and joy has come to the world? And we know the truth and we desperately want to share it with those around us. These are the things we have to wrestle with because we can get caught up in our circumstances and miss what comfort and joy is all about. And so I want to go to Ephesians 1. There we find this beautiful letter that's being written by the Apostle Paul to these believers there. And I think when we, when we start looking at this, one of the things that we're going to see is that Paul is going to tell us how to live and to move into a new year of comfort and joy and where that is found. So start at chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer for us is that we would be a group of people that the same thing could be written of us. That we could be got, called God's holy people, the faithful but one of the things we find is that Paul starts us out and as we are dealing with this theme that we have dealt with all month. Paul ends up addressing how we can find this comfort and joy right at the beginning of his letter. 
Do you see it? He says to them, grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you. See, Paul is fully aware because of all the circumstances he has gone through, the hardships that he has gone through, that true comfort and joy is going to be found when we look at the grace and at the peace that Jesus Christ brings. And he wants the people in Ephesus to know that immediately. And in fact, God wants the people of Wheaton Bible Church to know that immediately. That comfort and joy are going to be found in this grace and peace. Now, if we got a letter from Paul today, we'd probably be really excited. It's the Apostle Paul. He wrote it to Wheaton Bible Church, and we would think great things about it. We would think that he could deliver some things, probably. But Paul humbly reveals where this grace and peace comes from. Look at it. It says, from God our Father. See, Paul realizes that even though relationships are great, we need healthy relationships. That the way that we are going to find true comfort and joy and the way that we can rest in that comfort and joy is realizing that it's only going to come from the grace and peace of Jesus Christ. It's not going to be from a job or from a material possession that we buy or from all the relationships because they are always going to fall short. But the relationship with Jesus Christ is the only way that we will find true comfort and true joy. See, comfort is found in all circumstances. Every single circumstance when we see clearly the grace of Jesus Christ. When we see it clearly, when we see what Jesus has done, joy can invade our life no matter the circumstance, no matter what hardship has come when the peace, peace of Christ resides in us. And so have you been clinging to that grace and that peace or have you been looking at other things and other people and other items saying, this is what's going to bring fulfillment? Paul is declaring to us, no. The comfort and joy that we seek only comes from the grace and peace of Jesus Christ. Paul goes on in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So let me ask you a question. Do you feel blessed this morning? Do you feel blessed? See, for many of us in here, including myself, I can quickly go to, well, yeah, I feel blessed. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm not coughing as hard as the person at the end of the row. Or we have food on our table, or we had a great Christmas, we have a roof over our head, and we can look at each of these things. But do we feel blessed instead of comfortable? See, this blessing is something that that we have to look at. We have 
to deal with this because the grace and the peace and all of the blessings that come enabled the saints of old and those today who go and are martyred for their faith. It's because they stand firm in their faith and they know that grace and peace, comfort and joy only come from Jesus Christ and come from nowhere else. Paul's wanting them to be faithful. He's wanting them to understand, you are going to be blessed. You're blessed. And so where does this blessing come from? Well, for those of you in this room that are followers of Jesus Christ, if you have surrendered your life to Christ and you have become a Christian, Paul makes it very clear right off the bat that he says that the blessings are in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ that it's coming from that source. And so if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have to know that the moment of your salvation, you became rich. You became wealthy. And this isn't Paul declaring a prosperity gospel or a, a health and wealth gospel. This is him looking at things and he is declaring that grace and peace has come. And so because of that, all these blessings are here. And so you get to experience the richness of God's grace, the richness of God's mercy, and the richness of God's glory. You are rich due to his grace. And often we walk through life allowing our circumstances to declare that we're poor. but I want to remind you this morning, you are rich due to grace. Now when we can look at this, we can start asking, well, how much blessing are we talking about? What's taking place? And when we look at this and we start dissecting it, one of the things that we have to realize is that this could be translated all the blessings of the Spirit. All the blessings of the Spirit. So what this means is that Jesus was not promising his followers, he's not promising us today that he's going to remove every hardship, every painful circumstance, every trial. In fact, Jesus went through many of those things. He endured those things. He's not going to remove that. But because of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about the Spirit in a moment, we've been provided with everything Everything, everything, hear that word. You have been provided with everything that you need to live the life of a disciple and to find peace in an ugly world. You have been given all you need by the Spirit. You've been given everything to dwell and to interact and declare to this world where comfort and joy are found. You've been given that. That is the gift when you came to know Jesus Christ. And so maybe for some of us in here, we have to change our perspective. Maybe we've gotten off track in 2013 And it's time for us to circle back and to say, what is it that God is calling me to? 
And so we might have to change our perspective. See, from those blessings, we have to understand that our life is centered in heaven. It is not centered in this world. We have a dwelling place in heaven that can deal with every circumstance that's going to happen in this new year. In fact, Paul wants us to understand that the grace that he references in the second verse of this chapter has been lavished on us. Look at verses 7 and 8. It says this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. See, he has lavished, meaning that it is overflowing. It's like you going to a fire hydrant to get a drink. That it is pouring out on you. That he continues to overflow you with grace and mercy and every blessing in heaven. And that he has done it through the Spirit. This is where comfort and joy come from. Well, remember my Air Jordans? Well, Christmas continued and the years went by and the second gift I can remember is a little different. Now, I want to be careful here because my mother is sitting in this service. But I believe that my mother got an idea in her head. And so she wanted each Christmas for her boys to get a unique gift. In fact, I think that my mom had this thought going through her head. I am going to get my boys the most unique and different gifts, just one of them each year, so that they will tear it open and look up and with great excitement say, why? (laughs) And so I can remember this Christmas when this whole look on my face changed and I looked up after opening the present and I got this. And so I pulled this out. And if you don't know what this is, that's okay because the moment I opened it, I had no clue what this item was. And I had the look. Why? What is this? See, I loved sports, my friends. I loved anything that would take me away from a book. And my mom bought me a book embosser. I was in high school, and I was looking at this saying, why would I need something that's going to put the seal from the library of Philip B. Shields? Who wants a library? Well, this Christmas gift is in my office here. And guess what? I have a library. In fact, I have a lot of books in my office. I have a lot of books at home. And if you open them, you're going to end up seeing this seal that's there that says, Library. Philip B. Shields. 
In fact, if some of you have borrowed a book from me, you need to give that book back because it's got my seal on it and I own it. It's mine. It's not yours. It doesn't have your seal. It doesn't have your mark. It's mine. And I got to thinking about this gift as we were going through this series of comfort and joy and I realized that there's one way one way that we're going to experience this. It's going to be because of a seal. See, if you jump down, go to verses 13 and 14. It says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Paul ends up showing us in just verse 13 the entire process of salvation. Do you see it? See, the first thing that he references there is when you heard, heard the truth. And what was the the truth that, that these people had heard? They had heard that Jesus had come humbly, wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger, grew in wisdom and stature and power, that he lived a sinless life, that he willingly went to a cross, died and was buried and three days later rose again and later ascended to heaven. They had heard that truth and they had taken that truth in. And grace came and would cover the sin, pay for the sin that was there. See, they heard the truth, and then after hearing the truth, they believed the truth. They heard this message that was given, just like you have. And they have believed it. If you go into Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and Paul writes this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Believed. And this is not for, from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. See, Paul is recognizing that they have heard and they have believed, and then they were marked. They were marked with the Holy Spirit. They were sealed. Just like many of you in this room, you have heard the message, you have believed the message, and you have been marked. And so why is that important to talk about this morning? What does that have to do with comfort and joy? It's because we have to recognize the blessing of grace and what the Spirit does in our lives. So what's the significance of you being marked? Why is the Holy Spirit so important for you? Well, to some degree, you are a finished transaction. That sounds crazy, but 
that marking means that you are a finished transaction, that Jesus has come and has transformed your life. And his presence means that your life belongs to God. You are a child of the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. That is your status. The transaction has happened and it can't be taken away. It can't be returned and it will never turn its back on you. The other aspect of it is that the Spirit ends up marking you for ownership. And I might have sounded selfish earlier when I said that those were my books, but in all reality, when we look at this, Jesus is very selfish in saying this, you are my child. Don't we all want to hear that? Don't we want to hear from the Prince of Peace that you are my child and his ownership is an ownership of love and care and guidance, of transformation, of taking the darkness and removing it by invading it with light. And so your seal calls you to live as a child of the King who is taking in the lavishness of the heavenly blessings and is then pouring it out for the praise of God's glory. You're owned, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, precious thing. But the seal also does this. The mark also does this. It brings security and comfort and protection. See, for some of you, You've had a great year, but something might happen in 2014 and life's going to change. For others of you, you've had a really, really hard year. And you need the comfort, you need the protection, and I want to remind you that the moment of your salvation, you were given all the comfort and the protection that you will need. See, no circumstance is too big. No circumstance is too big for what the Spirit wants to do in your life. And the Spirit wants to bring the comfort and the joy needed for those seasons. The Spirit also does one other thing and could be the most important. It proves the authenticity of your faith. It proves that you are a child of the King. In this world, in fact, let's, let's make it smaller than this world. This county that we dwell in desperately needs to see a people who will gather to worship the king, but then walk out the doors to proclaim the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ and to bring comfort and joy to the lives around us. That's what disciples are called to do. That's what you are called to do. You have been given everything you need for that mission. And the Spirit will make you an authentic, transformed disciple. So we don't know what 2014 is going to bring. We don't know the circumstances that are going to come. But we need to understand that if we are going to have comfort and joy, 
comfort and joy in our life. It's going to be resting in the grace and the peace and the marking of Jesus Christ. There's a children's book that you have heard read before. It's called Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. And it has, it has beautiful artwork and little stories to read to kids or to adults. And I want you to hear the story titled Comforter. There's going to be a picture up here on the screen, and I want you to look at the picture as I read this to you. God's Spirit is called the Comforter. Does it make you think of a nice, comfy quilt all cozy and warm? Oh, dear. In the Bayou Tapestry of 1066, there's a knight on a horse, and the caption reads, Bishop Odo comforts his troops. Is Bishop Odo giving them nice, fluffy quilts? No. Look! He's prodding them from behind with a stick. Not comfy. But Odo is spurring them on, encouraging them, urging them to keep going and not give up because comfort in the Bible doesn't mean to make comfy. It means to send help. When we want to give up, when we are afraid, God sends His Spirit, the Comforter, to make us strong, to give us courage, and to lift us up. As we go into 2014, may you be a person that grabs a hold of the reality of the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ. That he has lavished the Spirit on you. That you have been given everything that you need to do his will. And we're going to do something here. We're going to close with a song, but at the end of that, I want to challenge you to do something. Maybe it's just you by yourself. Maybe it's you with a spouse or with your entire family. We're going to have our prayer team up here, and so if you want to pray with somebody, I want to encourage you to do that. But I also want to encourage you to dedicate your life in 2014 to taking in the full grace of Jesus Christ and to living that out dedicating your home and every step you take that you would be the disciple that Jesus has called you to be. Why don't you stand with me as we pray and then worship. Father, I thank you I thank you for what you have done and what you can only do. That you are the one that brings the grace and the peace. That you are the one that transforms lives. And I pray, Lord, as we worship you now, that we would put a smile on your face because we are so caught up in your love, in your grace, in your mercy, in your glory that we would leave here declaring that we are your servant, that our home is dedicated to you, that every step we take is dedicated to you. 
And may we understand that you have given us the great comforter that has marked us as your child and as your disciple. Lead us into 2014. And may you be given all the glory in everything that takes place. In Jesus' name, amen.